Hi, welcome to Making Sense of Movies. I'm Claire. I'm Elena. And this week we're talking all about werewolves, since it's going to be Halloween coming up soon. So I think we've Will got we a get pretty- this podcast out before Halloween or after Halloween. It'll be a mystery. We'll have to see. Tune in to find out, but you already <laughs> are. Okay. So the first movie that we're talking about tonight is The Wolf of Snow Hall. Uh, by Jim Cummings, and this came out in 2019. Uh, This was the first, no, this was the second time I've seen this movie, but it was your first time, is that correct? Yes, and I would say you played me. (laughs) This was, I think, the start of the kind of beginning of this episode when we were like, when we decided on werewolves, Claire was like, oh, I want to see the wolf of of snow. It's called Hallow. You said Hall, and then when I looked it up as Hall, I was like, this movie doesn't exist. Oh, okay. I, apologies then. I got the title wrong. Yeah, Wolf of Snow Hall. So Snow Hall is the name of the town they're in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's the name of the town. I I liked this movie more than I thought I would. I was not like a fan in the beginning, but I think as the movie kept going, like it had a twist and turn. And one of, so the whole idea of this movie is there's this cop named... Is his name John? Yeah. I'm, 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 I was thinking like it's a very generic name. Yeah. His name is John. And essentially he lives in Utah in a very small kind of like skiing town. And there's all these murders are happening and all these women are dying. And it's always happening on like when the moon is up and people think it's like an animal. And he's very adamant that it's not an animal. He's like, it's a guy. And so you think like, oh, it's a werewolf, obviously. Like, this is our werewolf episode. And it's not a werewolf, as you find out at the end of the movie. It's a guy dressing up as a wolf. But throughout the movie, you see like him and I guess the guy in costume. So like you see and I was like, oh, it's a werewolf. And there's this one guy, Chavez, who's like, it's a werewolf. And I was like, why aren't we listening to this man? Like, he is right. And then I was bamboozled. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was certainly bamboozled too, but I'm still counting this as a werewolf movie because it's werewolf-themed, even though we find out that we reach the end of the movie and it's actually a taxidermy guy who is the werewolf or the the fake werewolf, let's say. A second time around, though, I was a little bit more disappointed in this movie because when I first watched it, I loved this movie and I just thought, oh, this is just really a hidden gem of that year. (laughs) But- I was really annoyed with the main character, John, just because I he was such a bad cop. And he was just doing, like, he probably assaulted at least three different people, like, and while not getting anything done throughout the movie. So I, I really... Mm-hmm. No, that's what I was annoyed about, too. I was like, this guy is terrible at his job. And so John, you find in the beginning, the beginning of the movie, like, starts with, like, an alcohol... Uh, no. Alcohol Anonymous. What did I talking about? Yeah, yeah. Alcoholic Anonymous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know why I like cannot think of the word. And so you find out he's an alcoholic and he has like a daughter that he like doesn't talk to, does not have like a relationship. And he's just like, I don't know how to describe him. And I think the actor does like a very good job because he's such a specific person where like, he has a very specific way of talking or he's talking pretty fast, but he has so many other ideas. And there's, and I guess what I realized is, is that he's always like in conversations that he's having, he's having a different conversation with the person than what the person's having. 
So like they're both talking about something, neither person is listening, but they're continuing on with the conversation. And the whole thing about John is that he thinks he's this great cop, which he's not. Um, and everyone else is wrong and he's right. And no one is listening to him and no one is adequate. And it just, if, if people were just listening to him and just doing what they were supposed to be doing, you know, his job would be easier but he's just not good. He fires a lot of people. He yells at a lot of people. He can be quite mean, Mm -hmm. which for me was just, I was like, I guess like the point is that the cops weren't necessarily like good characters. Like I think like Chavez, who's one of the cops dies, unfortunately, which I was so sad about. And then I forgot what's her name the uh, Julia it's detective Julia who is probably the best one amongst the bunch most adequate so yeah she's the most adequate here and at least the way I thought they were playing John like in two different ways they were trying to show his arc but I kind of feel like they failed at that but having the beginning where he kind of has his life together and then as more people die and he's unable to solve the case of who's committing these murders his life begins to unravel until he has to get it back together again. But my issue was, I don't think we had enough time to see him acting as a good cop to really have that payoff there. And then another main character they also have is his father, who's the sheriff. So you also kind of get this idea that perhaps he's really inherited this role from his father, which I always thought was going to play more into it of maybe it's not something you ever wanted to do, but they kind of never play out that relationship, which I was a little disappointed in, but uh, yeah. I really like this. I really like the, the kills and are pretty uh, violent. Yeah. And they do a really weird thing where they juxtapose. So how they're editing it is they'll juxtapose the cops at the scene of the murder, like looking at the body with how the person died. I, I like that a lot. I like that because it was like a different take about it and it just for some like at least for me it like and especially the tone of this movie it didn't seem even though there were high stakes like you know life and death it didn't seem very intense to me like the Mm -hmm. characters were intense but what was happening like it wasn't having me feel very intense for the people of the movie and I don't like I don't think that was their intention it seemed to very much want to be this kind of scary you know, don't know what you don't know what's going to happen movie. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of failed on that aspect because I was right. just like, I, the editing was like, I'm like, I liked it. I just think it did the opposite thing of what they wanted to do. Yeah, because you really, especially with all the extra characters they had, because there's one scene where everyone's at a diner together, actually a few different scenes like that, where you would think in a small town like this, where there have been now two or three like horrendous murders that have happened, there would be more people like really freaking out about this. But yeah. you, I mean, you always have to have your silly characters going out after curfew, which in this case was the daughter of John who goes yeah. out after curfew. And I'm kind of like, girl, like you and your boyfriend, you need to go home because this isn't right. Like there's a killer on the loose. And same with the whole diner scene too, where it's like, how could everyone be eating when there's like really a serial killer going after specific yeah. people in your town? Especially women. Yeah. Like the, the first guy isn't killed until after the third murder. Mm-hmm. And I think that was more out of necessity than like the target. But I was going to say, so 
what also happens in this movie is you meet the victim before they die so you get like an introduction so we have the first victim was um she used to live there and she was coming back because i think her parents died and her her and her fiance were staying at some like little house and she dies and then our second victim was the ski instructor and she you know was walking in the dark and the wolf the wolf man I guess got her and that's when you see the wolf is during her there's like Mm -hmm. a really cool shot where it's just like this like seven foot wolf standing on two legs and then her on one side in like a wide shot which was really cool I did like like that I feel like that was one of my like favorite things were the crime scenes a little bit because there's just so much going on like the second crime scene there's so much like the music is really kind of upbeat and it follows John the entire time as he goes from person to person being like you need to calm down like you need to shut this down you need to do this you need to do this and also her head is gone oh I forgot about that yeah (laughs) first victim her vagina is gone and like now that you know like when you know he's a taxidermist you're like gross um but it, like, kind of makes sense with what he's trying. I guess what his, like, mission was. But does was it sense? really go over his mission, really? But I feel like they You're really right, they didn't. didn't. Which I wish they would have, because when you finally meet him at the very end, and besides, all we really know is his name is Paul. He used to be married. He's a taxidermy. He's a killer who dresses up in a wolf costume. But he used like, to work at the school. Yeah, he used to work at the school, but that they had a red herring where there's another guy who they thought had done it before we actually meet Paul mm-hmm. at like the very last 10 minutes or so of the movie where I'm like well he seems like a good actor and I wish they would have at least put him out there earlier or like given him a motive of like why he's dressing up in a wolf costume to do these things yeah that's what honestly that's what I thought too like it wasn't it wasn't um like so it was surprising because I was like we didn't really get to see this guy as a suspect he they he does do like an interview I think after the second victim they start to interview like way more people and in like he kind of does an interview but you don't really like care about him but you don't see him again throughout the movie to be like oh I should remember this guy where like Mm -hmm. the red herring didn't matter at all you don't even know who the guy is you just see him like doing drugs and with his like wolf and then he dies from an overdose yeah but you really think it's him because he's got that wolf tattoo and it's like oh yeah it's gotta be this guy and he has a wolf (laughs) who he's friendly with Mm -hmm. um so after the third victim i believe is when he starts drink john starts drinking again which ends up it was just it was just like a sad descent because like the whole part of that like his daughter is living with him and he just felt bad because it was like he was just like drunk there and she's like you're scaring me like what are you doing and that was like a really hard scene to watch because I was like dude like you're not even doing anything like yeah mm-hmm. like Julie do everything she's fine mm-hmm. yeah but when they're first reintroducing that of him like thinking about drink again there's these two shots where at first like you're like it's just of the microwave and you're like why are they showing me the shot of the microwave again but it's like oh wait it's the shot it's the 
the dresser above the microwave where he keeps his alcohol. And I was, but I had totally forgotten it. I was like the microwave, like, I'm going to write this down. This is important. Why are they showing the microwave again? Yeah, that it was, it just ends up being towards like his downfall. And then, you know, he starts to pick himself back up. And then after the third victim, they've kind of given up on the fact that like, they're going to catch this guy. Most because some people do think it's a werewolf and some people think it's a human dressed as a werewolf. And it's not until John is returning the items back from different victims to their family that he like realizes that it's this really tall guy, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the reason they're kind of able to figure that out, at first Julie catches on because um, one of the characters from the very beginning, the boyfriend of, or the fiance, no, whatever, boyfriend, fiance, um, of the first victim, he had this needle that had been left at his home from when the cops had visited him earlier. So it was the needle that kind of gave them that connection, which I kind of thought was a stretch from having a needle left at his house to being like, oh, it's a taxidermy who committed the murders. Yeah, I wasn't sure how they connected that because at one point, John starts like researching werewolf myths and things like that. And Mm -hmm. Julie C like kind of starts to pack up everything from the case and she sees a picture and it's like the sewing needle so I really thought we were going like the werewolf angle so Mm -hmm. I was like oh it's from his werewolf stuff and I didn't like I'm like oh maybe it's something I just like wasn't paying attention to at the time um but now I know it gets to taxidermy I was like "Mm." it was a little Um, more disappointing (laughs) yeah it's a little more disappointing I think the end was just it was just not as concise and like I didn't wrap everything up I think in the way I wanted it to yeah I agree with that especially because the the rest of the movie I do enjoy just because it is a very different werewolf take than any of the other movies we talk about yeah Um, oh and then just one more fun fact the reason I originally had watched this movie was because me and my family we were on vacation and my friend my brother is a big Jimmy Tatro fan who's the boyfriend of the first victim. And he happened to just like be at the same place we were. So we were all hanging out with Jimmy. <laughs> just this, I, things Claire, Claire does. Um, <laughs> I do want to say one of my favorite lines in the entire movie was when after the third victim, you know, John's completely off the wagon, getting drunk. Julie drives him home from the station. And John just like very seriously says to her, when talking about the murders and things like that, he, he says, do you think wom- women ha- have had to deal with shit like this since the Middle Ages? And Julie's just sitting there like, it's just like, he's just so like clueless, but he wants to do the right thing. But he has no idea where to start. Yeah, I wrote that down that same line because I thought it was hilarious. It's so funny. Such I a good do line. think it's telling that at the end of the movie, he's not a cop. He chooses to not continue so mm-hmm. I think I don't know maybe he he knows that he wasn't good at it and that maybe that wasn't like the right path for him I do have to ask you though so at the end of the movie it's John and Paul you know Paul gets into his his wolf werewolf his wolf costume and goes back out in the woods and John you know catches him and he gets shot or he gets like cut or something do you think John was going to die? Because I did, and I thought that would have been a very satisfactory ending. And I was quite disappointed when he lived. 
no, I didn't think he was going to die. But I can see where you're coming from, that it would have been a satisfying ending to really give himself to this case that he had put so much time into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I didn't think he was going to die, though, but. Oh, I like was I was so convinced. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna kill John. Like, and he's come full like, and he's gonna you know come full circle and be the hero that he wants to be, and everything like that. Um, but I, I was like wrong when he showed up at his daughter. So at the end of the movie, he goes to help his daughter, you know, move into college. And when he showed up, I was like, it's like no. And at the end, when you see he's kind of like controlling some of his anger issues. That really plagued him. Some of the funniest scenes were hit with him firing people. Because mm-hmm. they would do, like, which t- terrible in real life. Hilarious in this movie. Like, the um, the medical examiner who threw a beer bottle at their car. Oh, yeah. He was, like, he would just, like, get right into it and then insult them and then fire them. Yeah, no, and just the, his tone and all of his facial expressions, too. Because he was just so done and fed up in just about every scene he was in. Yeah, like, anytime you would talk to his father, because his father was, like, you know, he had health problems. His father dies at the end, I think, right? Yeah. That wasn't made, like, exclusively clear. Ex- not exclusively. I don't know, whatever. I don't know the word. Um, But his he would be like, Dad, like, I can't deal with this. Like, you need to go to the hospital. You need to get help. Like, this is too much stress on me. Like, <sighs> Right, because then, like, even the scene where we find out that he dies, it's he uh the, john goes into the hospital because that's where his daughter is after being injured by the wolf man and then the the daughter's just like oh like he's not here anymore he died and like she's not crying he's not crying like they don't really get a chance to mourn the grandfather's yeah. death at all that's true that's true yeah it was i think there could have been expansions on some of the characters in this movie because John is such, like, a big personality and really, like, takes up a room, which is great, because, like, he's hilarious and kind of, he's so into everything all the time that's kind of fun to watch, but, like, it takes away from some of the other people. And it seems like this is a pretty short movie. It's only, like, an hour 30 minutes. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's even, it's an hour 23 minutes. They definitely could have prolonged everything just a little bit more. Like, I could have seen this being, like, at least one hour 40 minutes to kind of add more in the beginning of yeah. establishing like john maybe being a good cop maybe not ext- um establishing a morning scene for the grandfather and then explaining why the hell the guy was running around killing people in a wolf costume that's true that's our final question why <laughs> why, are you, why are you doing that <laughs> any last comments before we move on to our next movie no, I'm ready to move on to the next movie. I'm um, very excited. This right. um, movie is Wolf Guy. It's a Japanese film from 1975. I was the one who told us to watch this movie because on my list of on my websites where it's like werewolf movies, this one came up and I was like, this one sounds interesting. Um, who is it directed? Who is it directed by? Claire? It was directed by uh, Kazuhiki um, Yamaguchi. It's probably um, not a great pronunciation, but Clary did your best. Thank and you. this follows a kind of like detective. He calls himself a journalist, but he's basically much. He's basically a detective in this movie, where his last name is. Um, I don't. You don't. You don't know his first. It's name. in Giram, right? I don't know. It's oh my God. Where is it? 
it's like uga it's like ugami or something i'll find it at some point but he's called wolf guy like or he's called wolf that's like what he's called like oh like the nickname he gets is wolf and i there were things i didn't like about this movie there were things i liked about this movie though um what about you claire (laughs) there was a I'm kind of in the same boat where there was a lot of things that I was very confused by and a lot of characters that I feel like showed up where I was like, okay, wait, hold on. Who is this character again? Um, Yeah, I was just a little confused through a lot of it, honestly, because at first with his job, he says he's a detective and then like a reporter, but they never show him ever being associated with like any kind of group that he's with so I'm kind of like all right who is this guy and it's just a very interesting story where it's a lot to do with gang violence Mm -hmm. but I I don't know I never quite understood why honestly and then he never turns into a werewolf he doesn't you're right so the movie starts and it says like day three is lunar cycle and I was like okay let's go like this is a movie and we start off with like this it's so I don't know how to describe it I like when in my notes I called it like Californian kind of like funky rock and it goes throughout the whole movie it's kind of like very 1970s like funky like rock music and it's it was kind of like really, techno techno yeah kind of like that it was so fun this the music in this it just made it so exciting like every time it came on I was like this is great and it starts off with this guy coming, he's like, oh, this, this, you know, she's coming to get me, it's coming to get me, and everyone's, and he's, you know, in the middle of the road, and whatever, and we meet our main character, and he's like, what do you mean, and then you see this guy get, like, mauled to death, and he keeps saying it's a tiger, and he mentions Miki, like, it's a tiger, and everyone's, like, confused, and you, and it basically, like, follows him, you know, investigating these deaths, where this one guy from a band is, all these people from a band are being basically mauled to death by an animal but like it doesn't make sense because you can't see the animal and there's no like any other evidence besides that they have like huge claw marks on their on their body um and then we go through the title sequence which is like a black and white um where it's basically like a village being murdered and it like keeps freeze framing and then I'll like say you know some of the credits and then I'll continue on and like that doesn't get into play until the last 30 minutes of this movie to which I thought the movie was ending and then it just like continued to like about like this tribe and like what was going on that was very confused right because the whole thing is he has these wolf powers that he has inherited from his tribe but uh, the scene we see at the very end is his mother, who is holding him um, right before, like, everyone in his town is essentially massacred. But he has, and they do show this once in the movie, it's like that he inherits the power of a wolf and becomes invincible once there is a full moon. Mm-hmm. But apparently, what from what I was reading, there was a movie before this one called like horrors of the wolf where he actually does turn into a wolf so this apparently isn't the first time this character wolf has made an appearance in cinema so there's an is it the same actor 
I think it is. Hold on. I could look that up on my end, but I thought it was the same actor. Interesting. I Interesting. Because you see him in one of the fights and he like scratches someone. And I was like, oh my God, wait, is he the wolf? Like, at first I thought it, because you, at first you think it, there's like a wolf just killing these people. Because I was like, that would make sense. But they keep saying it's a tiger. So I'm like, maybe it is. Mm-hmm. And when he starts like investigating, it's like the, like he finds out the worst news. So essentially, all the people that are dying were in this band that I cannot recall the name of. And they all say it was this girl, like Miki, who's killing them. And you find out that they all gang raped her. And one of them gave her syphilis. And they were all in a band. She was a singer. And then from this traumatic event, she her fiance broke up with her. She started doing drugs. And now she works at a strip club. And like, that's her life. Even though she, she, she still sings. That's what one of the band members says. And it was just like, and like in my notes, I wrote, if she's like out for revenge, like respect. Because mm-hmm. like these people deserve to die. And then you find out it's a bigger like conspiracy theme, like conspiracy because they wanted her fiance to break up with her because he needed to marry someone from another family so they can like merge and be really rich. I got I okay I got it up to the part where like I understood everything but except for the whole older husband wanting to marry someone else for riches I understood that he was of like a higher standing but I didn't miss out on that other part they said it was for like a financial merger or something mm-hmm. um and we do meet her I will say every single woman in this movie is naked at some point and dies <laughs> Yeah, I was not a fan of that. I even I wrote in my fan. notes, I was like, this is a long sex scene. This does not need to be this long. Yeah, so like when, so eventually, like in the beginning of the movie, um, so his name, oh, I just had it. I'm gonna call him Wolf. Wolf goes with like another reporter and they try to find the other band member. And when they find him, the the gang comes and tries to beat them up and he Wolf escapes and he gets on this random motorcycle with a woman and she's kind of like, I know what you, when they get back to her place, she's like, I know what you are. We don't get her name. She's wearing a leather, like motorcycle riding jumpsuit, proceeds to unzip it, be completely naked underneath. (laughs) Wait, wait, is that the same sex scene where he had, or she was like, oh, I have the same name as your mother. And then he says to her, you you gave birth to me or was that a different one? So it's the first one. So it's like the random girl on the motorcycle. And Wait, was her name Katie? Mm-hmm, it was Katie. Okay, and we don't okay. find out until later that she was, she like knew about him and wanted to like use him for experiments because she was also part of this gang. And I truly thought she, we were never going to see this girl again once she had had sex with him. I was like, I was happy when she came back and then she dies like five minutes later. Yeah. The scene, though, just going off of that, where the gang is, like, trying to create another form or tr- kind of extract his wolf power, and they actually show a scene of, like, footage from an actual surgery of, like, his guts kind of coming out of his stomach, and it was, like, yeah. disgusting. Yeah, it was gross. The plot is kind of confusing. So it follows him trying to find Minky once he finds her the gang comes and they kind of like like what happens like she the whole thing's that she's put under this like curse and 
eventually whoever she's very angry at will get this like tiger that kills them so obviously she was rightfully so angry at the band but then you find out that this other gang wants to use her for like their own kind of kill like to to like assassinate people and so like she you know she is kind of taken by this gang and then he's also taken by this gang because they want to create another werewolf and then he escapes and then tries he's like you know what like screw humans because he doesn't see himself as human he's like obviously I'm part of this I'm the last one of my you know tribe and he just like goes to the woods and then people find him and then he finds this girl who has the same name as his mom (laughs) it was just very weird yeah no that's her Igunami I found it yeah and but then he uh there's a scene at the end where he's kind of in this I don't even know what it's called, like a dirt area, like a, oh gosh, what is the name of it? Kind of like a canyon area. And uh-huh. he does like insane karate moves. Like he's a great fighter. I do agree. The fighting in this movie was really cool, as mm-hmm. were the stunts. Just like throwing, like they had a one where this guy goes off on a mountain, which is really cool because it used oh, to be yeah. like a dummy fall, but it's still really cool. They had mm-hmm. a car go off a mountain and blow up. That was really cool. They did have some good, some good action scenes. I did feel bad for Miki. Yeah, I did too. You see that she's like now like very much addicted to drugs, and that's how they're able to control her. Is that they keep giving this to her, and then she does what she what what they want. And then, you know, she when she he kind of like helps her escape the gang before they're both kind of kidnapped, and she's kind of like no one and you see the rape scene before that and she just kind of starts like breaking down and she's like everyone was so mean to her and they were like we're gonna catch syphilis if we touch her which I was like no that's terrible and she talks about how no one wants to be with her and I was just so sad I felt so bad for her and she dies at the end yeah because she really goes Mm -hmm. she had like an arc where she would you know come to use her powers for herself and not for anyone else yeah no I completely agree it was so upsetting when she was just saying how she had been abandoned by her friends and her family and essentially just had no one anymore no one wanted to go near her um yeah it would have been good to see more of her um oh and just going back one more thing uh it wasn't the same actor who played wolf guy in the last movie Mm -hmm. different actor but um same character yeah, like the movie ends with basically Miki dying, and then it ends with um, you don't know if Taki's dead. You think she's dead. You don't know, and it basically ends with a freeze frame of him with Taki over his shoulder, and you kind of you don't know what's gonna happen now next. It was interesting. I think there was a lot going on in this. There were like several plot points that could have been explored in a whole other movie, but then was like they were like, you know what? we're just gonna <laughs> cram it in it's like yeah. a mystery and then it's kind of like it gets into like experiments and, and then, then thriller like this family kind of like inner turmoil like he's trying to find himself in a way yeah I think this movie was a little much for me honestly just a too too many plot threads too many characters where I was kind of like wait hold on how did they yeah. come into this that's true there's a lot going on I there were still like I think visually there were some really cool scenes 
So in the scene where we, once um, Miki has kind of killed everyone in the band, he, Wolf takes her back to her apartment. And there's this one scene where there, she's smoking on her bed and he's smoking standing next to her. And on the back of her bed is a bigger pic, like this huge, her whole wall takes off of this black and white picture of like her in the past. And it's just such a striking image. I was like, it was very oh, yeah. cool. No, I, I always like love that. that. I love when they do the character with like the character's picture exactly how they are right behind her, behind them. Like yeah, they've done that in um, Airplane and gosh, what's the Edgar Wright movie where there it's about the policemen? Oh, um, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a good trope. I always love that trope. No, it was it was cool. And then there was another one where she when she's kind of with some of the gang and she's kind of on the couch and then two of them are standing and smoking like the composition was really cool and then as always I enjoy when people are in nature and it's a wide shot so there's like at the end of the movie which is this is literally where I thought they would end the movie um is when he's when you know he escapes being experimented on and Wolf is like I'm going out like I'm, I'm going back to you know where I came from and he's just on this hill and I was and then they zoom into him and I'm like oh is the movie over and then literally you find out people are like shooting at him I was like oh (laughs) never mind any any closing thoughts on uh wolf guy I think it's a very interesting watch I think and I heard this was like not supposed to be but like could have been like a franchise I would say it I'd watch the second one if there was a second one I would want to see I think the main the main character, the guy who plays Wolf, was very, like, charismatic, and he did a good job, even though there's very, like, you know, the, I wish there were more, like, female characters that were actually characters, or really anyone that was an actual character besides him, mm-hmm. really. but I, like, I love the music, kind of the funky music that went with, like, the fight scenes, or them just kind of, like, transitioning. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, you under really understood the world at the end, at least, like, got a yeah. feel for how everything worked. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, our next movie is uh, Red Riding Hood by Catherine Hardwick. Our gal, we love her. We do. Uh, and um, people, you might be thinking, why not pick Twilight New Moon, aka the Werewolf's Twilight? And to that, I say that's my fault, as I will never watch that movie again, <laughs> as I really don't like it. So now we're doing another Catherine Hardwick, mm-hmm. even but though this, that one was not directed by Catherine. This one does, as soon as you start, it does have a very Twilight feel to it. Because whenever there's a wide shot going over landscapes with pine trees on the left-hand side of your screen, exactly. you know you got to think of Twilight. And then you see Billy, yeah, and you see Billy Burke on screen, and it's like, I feel right at home. Let's get this started. Uh, who is not in Twilight, though, who is in this is... This movie is produced by Leonardo DiCaprio, which I didn't know. What? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I think this movie is very much a piece of its time. It is very, when was it? It was 2010, I think this movie came out, right? Uh, let me check on my end. It's 100%. It was definitely like in the height of after. Five. Yeah, it's 2011, so close 2011. enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is like, so much about this movie is like, you know, the 2010s. It's a love triangle, even though it's not really a love triangle. It's just like, I don't know. There was just so many things that I was like, 
like it, it takes place in medieval times or like whatever. I don't, there's no specific, I'm gonna say this, there's no specific time period. None of them wear period costumes. They all just know a very sexy dance when they party and everyone knows the choreography and they all speak like we do today, except um, Amanda Seyfried's character calls her dad Papa. <laughs> the only difference which truly like got me for a loop. I was like, just call him dad. Like, why, why are we pretending that this is the one time we're going to be like weirdly period accurate? Yeah, honestly, no need to commit to being a period piece for this one. But I do say I really like the set design because some sets look like they're just like simply indoor sets which sometimes that can be a bad thing, but I feel like if it's well done, it can create almost like a sense of intimacy right off the bat, which I feel like this one did. It kind of had like a play feel to it towards the very beginning, which um, I enjoyed. Uh, I think Amanda Seyfried's character, she she plays Lil Red in this and she does a good job. It's like Valerie or something? Oh yeah, (laughs) Valerie. See, that's just such a modern name. It is. And then she's in love with Peter, who's her ch- obviously her childhood best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but she cannot marry Peter because he has no money. And her mom arranged for her to marry Henry, who I will say in this movie, it's like, boy, if, if I was in her, her shoes, I would pick Henry. Okay, thank you. I would too. Henry was so, okay. Aside from personality, because both of these men do not have personality. I will agree. They <laughs> mostly... And they kind of do the thing in this movie where if they show them being childhood friends, they're like, oh, yes, this is automatic chemistry for the rest of the movie because they were childhood friends, which absolutely isn't true at all because we still don't know shit about Peter. Yeah, Um, we know nothing about Peter. We barely know anything about Henry. We barely know anything about anyone. Yeah, but Henry Henry is pretty good. Her family is a pretty good backstory. Yeah, Um, but the the first victim is Valerie's sister who- Lily. yeah um and she was actually in love with henry but she didn't valerie did not know about that and essentially what happens is there's a wolf that's killing people in town and they have to have this priest come in to help stop the beast yes Um, and prior to this i think if they said the last 20 years there had been they were sacrificing their best animals that the wolf wouldn't kill anyone. I think they stopped doing that. And then the wolf was like, no, I got to get back. And I do admit, I did not expect who the wolf is. Um, I thought it was going to be her grandmother. Mm -hmm. And then they give you a red herring where you think it's it's Henry or Peter. Like it's one of the guys. Um, But it's not. It's her father. Mm-hmm. I don't he's he wasn't the wolf for the whole time like the whole 20 years or whatever I think it was just this current thing but yes that's like the backstory but I back, do... to, back to Henry though oh yeah what do you have to say about Henry one he's much better looking he's played <laughs> by Max Irons who I will say this is the only thing I've ever seen Max Irons in um and I would say not bad he has a good job <laughs> He works as a blacksmith. He has skills. He respects her decision when he knows that she doesn't like him, mm-hmm. even though he likes her. And he still decides to like help her in the end. You know, he's just a respectful guy. And you know, it just it. What does Peter have? 
Yeah, he really just doesn't have anything at all. I mean, he's got spiky hair. Yeah. He's kind of more edgy, I guess. He's like the bad boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how they have all the red herrings, though, because they kind of did leave me guessing the whole movie. Like, okay, who was this? Because they introduced, well, the grandma for, like, just existing. Yeah. Um, the, the redhead who could do magic or who was, like, into magic. And then Henry, no, it was Peter? Yeah, Peter. Who, well, the grandma suspected Henry. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, right. Pete, but that like wasn't a true one. Peter was like really the one who I thought. Oh, I was gonna say so because Peter wasn't around during the initial wolf attack too. Mm-hmm. And there's a line where he's like, "Oh, I could just eat you up right now," which is like <laughs> so weird. Mm-hmm. A weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. But as the movie continues, we have the first victim is Lily. The second, I think, after she dies, they they were like, you know what? We're gonna go kill this wolf. Which obviously they go to a cave and they kill a wolf. They don't kill a werewolf. And this is when Gary Oldman shows up, being Gary Oldman, and just being like, "Y'all are wrong. I am right." And he's like, and one of the things I did like is that obviously the priest was never the good guy. Mm-hmm. He was like never gonna be like, "Yes, let's save everyone." He was very much like, "If you do not listen to me, I will kill you." And he, you kind of get this from his story about how the werewolf in his town, they all went to go hunt, hunt it, and they cut off a paw. And he goes back to his house, and he's like, I saw my wife with a bloody rag around her hand. And that's when he realized his wife was the werewolf, and he killed her. And then he told his kids that the werewolf killed his mom, their mom. Yeah, and that's really when he first got to the town. So he's really setting it up like, I'm not here to fuck around. Like, we're going to yeah, kill this exactly. werewolf. But what and- I was thinking is if I was in the town and they established pretty early that you can't go onto holy ground. You can't enter the churchyard mm-hmm. if you're the werewolf. So you could just have one person organize each family. Like, okay, you just have to walk in and walk out. That's all you have to do. And if they do that to every single person in the town... They would know who the werewolf is. I would say they're not thinking in this movie. Because <laughs> literally when Gary Oldman comes and says, the, that's not the wolf. They're like, you know what? We're going to throw a party all night. <laughs> and things happen at this party. The, her dad gets drunk and she's like, go home. And then, oh, also during, I forgot to say, during the, the initial going to go kill the wolf, Henry's father dies, who you realize was the mom was in love with him and they had an affair and Lily was actually his daughter oh right yeah because that's why because they also established at that party the wolf can talk because the wolf is yeah because the wolf is talking to Valerie and I totally had forgotten about that I was like oh my gosh what is even going on here and the reason that the father brutally killed the other daughter was because he realized that it was not her, um, his own daughter after all because she couldn't understand him. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was sad. She doesn't think he should have killed her. And he just, like, keeps killing. And basically, he's like, I'm going to keep killing until I get Valerie. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Gary Oldman's character is like, you know what? She's a witch. And so they put on this wolf mask on her, which I will admit looks very cool. Does nothing. Um, it literally does nothing except mark she says that it marks her as a witch mm-hmm. and this is when henry and peter they combine both of them they put their feelings aside and 
they help her escape. But at this point, she thinks Peter's the wolf because during the party, once the wolf comes, he gets locked in this like el- this like metal elephant, and you see that he escaped. But it was like it looked like you know it looked it was metal. Like how was he escaping? And they don't explain that either. Yeah, they really don't. But it's one of those things Power where it's like, yeah, I think that I think you got it. It's the Power of Love. Oh, That's the, the about- other thing that I had originally thought was I was convinced that it was her who was going to be the werewolf the whole time. Because, oh, that's interesting. But yeah, you her the whole time. Yeah, oh, but here's what I was thinking, because there was this other show that I used to love called Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. and there's a Red Riding Hood episode where you find out that it was, she's the wolf who's actually killing people, and it's the Red Hood that prevents her from turning, and I got the two messed up, so the whole time I was, like, looking at her, and I was trying to pick, figure out, like, yeah, well, if she's on screen, how is she also the werewolf? Is she also a werewolf? But and I just got it just dead wrong just totally different different medium that would, that would have been interesting though mm-hmm. and i'm trying to think what else happens in this movie i say everything moves pretty quickly i was on board in this movie which was nice it, well, it's not very long i think it's like an hour and 35 minutes it's like not but like they kind of start right away they're like this is what's happening let's go like we're right in it gary oldman does die mm-hmm. rightfully so um, I will say, all of the people of color in this movie were, like, his servants. Yeah. It was just, like, weirdly uncomfortable. Like, everyone was white in this movie. And then you had, like, his, like, I guess his, like, soldiers or whatever mm-hmm. were, like, black men. I was like, oh. Yeah, they really didn't need to do that at all. Because it's not like they're trying to... They were trying to establish any kind of historical significance whatsoever yeah. in like either the location or the time period. So that's what I thought too. I was like, you couldn't have just like made this town not fully white. It's not like you were listening to history. <laughs> and this is a fake place anyway. Mm-hmm. So who cares? Um, but the whole thing is that he dies because he was so the whole I the whole reason why everyone's like freaking out in this movie is because it's during a blood moon. And when you get bitten during a blood moon, you get turned into a werewolf. Whereas on other times, you would just be fine or you would die, either one. So at one point in the movie, one of his like soldier's brothers gets bitten and Gary Oldman is like, you have to kill him. So he does. And then he, Gary Oldman gets bitten. And the, the soldier is like, you have to die. He's like, no, like, it's fine. He's like, no, I killed my brother. So like, he gets his comeuppance. Like, that was kind of nice. Yeah, no, that was very satisfying, that scene. Um, And then we get to the end of the movie, and uh, Peter gets bit, and she kind of gives this really long voiceover of like, oh, I'll wait for you, and we'll be together one day, where it's like, all right, well, we still have no idea who this guy is besides just like a semi-pretty face. So, yeah. Not like, yeah. Like, his family doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. to our knowledge, at all. (laughs) And then he cuts wood, and now he's a werewolf. Yeah. That's um, that's kind of all we got. Mm-hmm. I really thought what was going to happen is so the whole thing at the end of the movie, she goes to the grandma's house, and it's kind of, you know, she has a dream, kind of like Little Red Riding Hunter. She's like, oh, what big teeth you have, you know, evoking the classic tale. She gets there, and she's like, oh, grandma, you're safe. Like, I thought something was going to happen. And she, it's, she finds out it's her dad. 
And he was like, you know, I want you to turn you into a werewolf. I want you to come with me. And I, so she says no. And I thought she was going to say yes to being a werewolf with Peter. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah. And so I feel like, mm-hmm. like, I just thought that would have been hilarious. Cause like her dad would just would have been like, she's like, no dad, <laughs> but actually Peter. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like in this, they never really established, obviously, because it's from Valerie's point of view, but what it kind of means to be a werewolf in this sense, where do you have control when you, he, well, he did, he did have kind of control of who he could kill, who he wasn't going to yeah, kill. Control. Yeah, and so it kind of doesn't seem like the most horrible werewolf transformation you could possibly have, because it's like, all right, if it's only during the full moon, it doesn't happen that often, and if you have control over it, like, yeah, you've become a wolf once in a while. Then you can just, like, go back to being your regular self again. Yeah. Like, uh, we knew he had control because he can speak to Valerie. It wasn't like mm-hmm. he, he... And also, he didn't seem to hate being a wolf. He was like, I'm so much stronger. And, I, you know, I'm, like, I'm so much better than everyone when I'm a wolf. And you will be, too. And that was, like, his selling point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I do feel like our next movie is the worst transformation <laughs> of like um of someone who was like I want to be a werewolf mm-hmm. and our next any last thoughts before we go to our next movie um entertaining movie I, I like it I like it I would agree I think if you're looking for something easy to watch there's good looking people in it do and if you want no basis in reality and then like yeah let's go I would say that's a this fun is a movie, movie to yeah a fun movie to watch with friends yeah I agree our next movie is the wolf went wolf man from 1941 and this movie's an hour and like five minutes <laughs> it's one of the original universal monster movies yeah. and it was all shot in three weeks wow mm-hmm. they did a pretty good job yeah the plot is pretty simple um larry comes back from america to come home in england and you know, take over, help his father take over the business, and his brother dies, that's why he's there, and essentially, when he's there, he gets bitten by a werewolf and starts to turn into a werewolf, and while this is happening, there are, you know, murders taking place and people trying to hunt down the wolf, not the werewolf, so they, they all think it's a wolf. Mm-hmm. What did you think? You've seen that. You've also seen this one before, right? No, this was the first time I watched it, but I have one to get into the Universal Monster movies. Mm. And so I thought this would be a good one. Um, off the bat, Larry, I didn't really think was a likable character at all because one of the first thing he does is spy on this woman who was uh, in the shop across the street. And then not only that, he goes over to the shop afterwards and admits like, oh, I like those earrings that you are wearing upstairs in your house. And she's like, what is even going on? Um, so, he says he's psychic? Yeah, he says he's psychic but, psychic, but I was like, this is not a good start because at this point, I really don't really care what happens to you anymore because he was just kind of like, I mean, crazy. it wasn't, I suppose in the time it took place, maybe it wasn't creepy. Like she didn't think it was that creepy because then she goes on the, well, she says no a bunch of times to go yeah. on a date with him. But then they kind of end up hitting it off. But, but it was very... He's engaged. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I wouldn't say, like, yeah, Larry, I would say likable. No. I do think when he realizes that he's, like, become this werewolf, and it seems that when you're a werewolf in this movie, you don't have control 
over what you do. So they say in the movie that if you see a five-star pentagram on your on your like hand, you're the next victim. And you don't realize, but only werewolves can see the pentagram. So they know who their next victim is. And this happens when on the date between um, Larry, Gwen, and Gwen's friend, Jenny, Jenny goes to get her fortune told and the guy sees the five-star pentagram. And I, I remember seeing it being like, oh, like she's going to be the next victim. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that he was the werewolf until he's killed, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. I was like, oh, that that kind of where they all think like, oh, it's the five-star pentagram. You know, you're the next victim. But it's only the werewolves who know who the victims are. And obviously there's no choice in that. And you can see how he's like, oh, you need to run. The guy's like, you need to run. Like, you need to go right now. Because it seems that they don't have control over what they do once mm-hmm. they change, which is really sad. And up to this point, Larry and Gwen are like walking around and he has, he bought from the antique shop. So he didn't seem like a creep. He <laughs> bought something. He bought a silver wolf-headed cane. Yeah. Um. And then uh, after they're done walking around, um, he sees the girl getting brutally attacked by the wolf and goes to prevent it um and in the process hits the wolf with the cane who eventually becomes a human again once he is gone and after he had been bitten so in the morning everyone thinks that he had been the one to kill the fortune teller at the end of the day but he didn't know because it was everyone's like it's really dark they kind of like gaslight him like he i think fully believes it's a werewolf because like everyone in this town knows what a werewolf is he didn't uh, everyone knows and they like he was like no like I hit a wolf not this man everyone's like no no you're just like you know it's really dark you went through a really traumatic let me say traumatic but like they're like you went through this experience you know you just didn't realize it was a guy I thought that was very interesting yeah because this movie did have a lot of themes just of um anything can happen to a person's mind and I kind of um wish they dove into that a little bit more because that's what Larry deals with for most of the movie trying to figure out like am I just hallucinating these things or is it actually happening to me but us as the audience know like oh yeah this is happening but yeah we know it's full werewolf yeah but if they perhaps like showed Larry transforming closer to the end of the movie instead of showing it showing that to us right off the bat I kind of would have liked it with more if they left the audience with more suspicion as like whether or not these things were uh, true that he was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I liked about this movie a lot was like how I think the actor who who plays Larry did a really good job because you can really see like the fear on his face when he realizes like this is who he's become and this is what he's gonna have to like live with and he really doesn't want that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want to be killing people. Like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be out of control. And he's so scared to like, and so horrified to, to change that I was like, it was a good take. Cause I feel like you don't always see someone who's like, so sick and terrified of what they are, where I feel Mm -hmm. like in other movies, they're just like, oh, I have to accept it where he's kind of like, I don't want to accept it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in this, the main things that he has to deal with is, 
um, the ability to heal really quickly, mm-hmm. extreme, extreme hair growth. He just has hair everywhere. Yeah. And then he ends up having these, um, like claws, like a wolf too. Yes. Yes. And when he changes, he's kind of like Bigfooty. I would That's say. what I was just going to say. He walks yeah. on two legs, which is interesting to me because when you see the first werewolf, it's, it's a wolf. Mm-hmm. And then when he changes, he's not a wolf. Maybe it's just like the amount of time you spend as a wolf. I and mean, perhaps I mean, because yeah. Larry was in um, just the early stages of just getting used to it. Maybe he was in a, a more Bigfoot stage than a wolf stage. Yeah, maybe. Um, and basically everyone, all the, the men of the town are like, we should hunt this wolf down so it doesn't kill. Because it kills, um, when, once Larry turns, he kills like a... A grave digger. A grave digger, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh, it's the second victim. Like, we have to we have to find them. And his dad, like, kind of believes him and kind of doesn't. Like, he locks him up because he's like, oh, you'll see you don't turn into a werewolf. But he does. And eventually he dies. I think, yeah, they kill, like, his dad kills him. Yeah, no, the dad Because he was kills attacking him. Gwen. Mm-hmm. And his dad, like, takes the, because his Larry was like, oh, you should take my stick and basically beats him with the stick because with the silver head and dies. And that's when um, so there were two fortune tellers, man and a woman. So the man dies. The woman obviously knows that he's a vamp, not vamp, vampire. He's a <laughs> werewolf. So she kind of does the same kind of ritual of like, she says this like little speech. Yeah, and gives him um, a necklace to keep him safe too, which then yes. he gives away. She gives he she gives to Gwen, which did not help her. Yeah, she she lives, but like it did not help her getting attacked. Mm-hmm. The one scene I really liked though was when everyone suspected it was him who committed the murder. Um, he's out like just kind of walking around at night, and he runs across some people, and they're like, "Larry, like, what are you doing out here?" Because it seemed really suspicious. Suspicious, and he was just like. Oh, I'm looking for the murderer, too. Just like everyone else. Yeah, that was funny. Because he gets... At that point, I think he got caught. I forget if he had gotten caught at that point. I feel like he didn't get caught, They put a trap out. Because before they go full hunting, they put a trap out. And his leg gets caught. And it was Mm -hmm. the the fortune teller woman who kind of helps him. Right. Helps him escape. Because I think she obviously understands more. And it would have been nice for her her to kind of like explain the situation. Mm-hmm. a bit more um but yeah it yeah. was he does get caught at one point you know what i really like about just like werewolf movies in general they never take any time to explain how the first person ever became the werewolf yeah like true. you always have another werewolf who comes and bites someone but like you never see that initial um how that person became the werewolf that's true we never see we need we need a werewolf origin story that's yeah i kind of i kind of think so but yeah, if you like that guy there, or the guy who played Larry, he's in, um, like, four other movies where he plays the same character. So you can see him meet um, Frankenstein, Dracula, Abbott and Costello. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I did, I will say, the fog in this movie, that's where their budget went, I think. I knew you were going to mention the fog, because, yeah, there was <laughs> so much... going to. No, because there's so much fog in this movie. So I like in my notes. I literally wrote, "I love the fog." I do too. Yeah, it's, it was giving me Green Knight. It was, <laughs> it was what it was giving me. 
<laughs> I dig it. I'm here for it. And wait, also I have this one line written down. I totally forget the context it was set in, but mm-hmm. it, they were like, it's all Greek to me. And then the other guy's like, it is Greek. Yeah. The I just love it. It's very like old Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Same. No one really is a character, which is fine. Like sometimes that's fine. I think in this movie it works just because it's like you get bits and pieces about everyone. I will say MVP of this movie is Gwen's dad. Oh yeah, I think so. Because mm-hmm. everyone all like, so um, Jenny's mother and all these other mothers come into the dad's antique shop and it's just the dad, the mother died. Um, and they're like, your daughter is terrible. She was, she left my Jenny to die and she was going off with that man, even though she's engaged and the dad is like, she didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I trust my daughter, like nothing wrong happened. And I was like, good for you. Yeah. Like, I truly thought he was going to be like, eh, like, just not say anything. And he was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Like, you're wrong. Yeah. So overall, good movie. I, I definitely could have watched more of it. Like, if it was longer yeah. and it wasn't just an hour long. They did um, do a remake in 2010. I, or, I don't know, some 2000 remake or something. And I know for a fact it's not as good as this one. They oh my gosh. Are. Wait, and aren't they doing another remake of this movie with, um? oh, shoot. I think they just announced another Wolfman movie today. Like, I swear. Wait, seriously? Yeah, hold on. Give me two seconds. It's with... Oh, um, God, you're right. With Ryan Gosling. Right, with Ryan Gosling. What do you think of that casting choice? I don't know. Are they going to keep... I don't know. I really like the guy who played Larry. I hope they keep that aspect. Because he seemed, like, as soon as he returned to Europe and he realized, like, what he was doing, he seemed perpetually stressed. Mm Mm-hmm. He seemed perpetually scared. I, I don't know if they're going to keep that aspect of him being like, what am I becoming? And that they're going to like lengthen it. You know what they do. I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like Ryan Gosling could do a good job if he played a character similar to uh, Lars and the Real Girl a little bit, where it's like yeah. this shy kind of mellow guy and kind of went that route. Yeah, I agree. I think if he's a bit quieter instead of bigger with Larry really he's not like with Gwen he's a bit of a bigger bigger character but when he's kind of like with his father he's not like that so Mm -hmm. hopefully it'll I don't know I'll I'll be intrigued I'll have to wait till I actually like have a trailer or like a picture or something yeah okay and our last movie is Ginger Snaps this was from I think 1990 it was written by Karen Walton, and I forgot who the director was. Oh, uh, the director of this is John something. The reason uh, John John Karen, Fawcett. John Fawcett. Okay, mm-hmm. so they both went on to do Orphan Black, which is a really great TV show. Um, but this basically follows two girls, um, Ginger and Bridget, sisters, who are they're the outsiders. They're like losers of their school. They're obsessed with death. And Ginger gets bitten by a werewolf, not or scratching, bitten by a werewolf. And she starts to turn and Bridget doesn't really know what to do. And their their sisterly bond is kind of uh, broken a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first time I saw this movie. Have you yeah. heard of it before? Or Actually, I had never heard of this movie until we watched it. I was kind of taken aback towards the beginning just because the two sisters, they are very casual about the way they talk about suicide and like taking all these photos of pretending to commit suicide. So I was like, oh, I kind of thought this was going to be a little bit lighter than what we're seeing. I wonder if it's going to continue with this same tone. 
It did though. It was quite it was a dark movie. Like the mm-hmm. whole and I like I like the kind of like they're very intense, the two sisters. Their whole idea is like it's like dead by 16 or some something like that. They had they had like the suicide pact mm-hmm. um that they would die, both die together at 16. They have the similar scar on their hand. And the intro is all the pictures that they took which I thought, I really liked that. I thought it was kind of fun. And they, you realize that they're showing it to their class and the teacher's like, you two need to go to the guidance counselor. Yeah, no, that, that was a good scene. Um, but everything goes to hell when Ginger gets her period. And <laughs> so it starts turning into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And I which, think that's so interesting because there's so many different horror movies that kind of play with that same theme of like, a woman becoming a monster once she gets her period because they kind of do the same thing with um carrie they do the exact same thing and yeah. i haven't seen this movie but um attack of the 50 foot woman as well uh but i feel like having a i, I wouldn't say periods really got theme but it's more like the start of the transition and they're kind of coinciding yeah. with one another and it's kind of interesting for a werewolf movie because it's like the full moon and periods like they're both different cycles yeah so it's it was kind of interesting I, I was amused by that yeah you can definitely see like the metaphor of her like becoming a woman and like changing when she doesn't want to because mm-hmm. they're, they're both very much against like becoming a woman and they kind of want to stay with each other and I actually thought when I watched this movie um that Bridget was going to be the one to turn into a vampire not Ginger because mm-hmm. Ginger is kind of a bit more outspoken than Bridget. Bridget's really quiet. She basically does whatever Ginger says, and she's mm-hmm. very much, they're very codependent on each other. And throughout this movie, as Ginger turns into a werewolf, you kind of see Bridget go and do her own thing a little bit, but for service for her sister, because she wants to know what's wrong. So I thought like it would be a way for Bridget to grow if mm-hmm. she was the one becoming a werewolf, but... I did like the way they did it, how like Ginger kind of starts to like in the movie, you know, they're very much against boys and like being popular and like dressing like they they wear very baggy clothing. And then Ginger starts to, she gets her period, she starts turning into a werewolf, she starts wearing like tighter clothing and having sex with guys and doing drugs and bridges like, what are you doing? Like, who are you? Yeah, but then uh, Bridges does her own thing, though, but it's all still a very attached to Ginger since yeah. essentially Bridget's just trying to find an antidote for, uh, or she's also with, um, oh gosh, what's the other guy's name in this? Sam. Yeah, um, they're trying to find an antidote and um, they do eventually find that antidote, but eventually it is too late and um uh, I thought the tra- the transition from human to werewolf in this was probably the most gruesome out of everything. It just seemed like her having to shave every day seemed her so tail. horrible. Yeah. Her tail. So you see her, she starts to, and then she starts to get like things like poking out of her skin and she starts to get like gray streaks and silver streaks in her hair mm-hmm. until at the end of the movie when it's become the full moon, she basically like kind of looks like a vampire from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh-huh. Except she has complete silver long hair. And then she fully turns into like this werewolf beast and starts and, like also as a werewolf, you don't have control mm-hmm. for what you do. So in the movie, the first werewolf was just killing dogs. 
and then kind of she starts to you know they go into people I guess I I know I really like this movie I like the relationship between Bridget and Ginger and kind of how they they grow a bit and I liked Sam Sam was like this guy who works at like a plant house or whatever and he sells weed and he becomes like him and Bridget become like friends that are like they're both very interested like he's interested because he hit the first werewolf with his car and killed it she's interested because it's her sister mm-hmm. and she tells him that oh I'm the werewolf and I want to find a cure even though it was very obvious she was not the werewolf in any way whatsoever and I like them they had this like platonic like let's find the werewolf cure friendship that I really liked but Sam dies unfortunately I know, brutally murdered. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. And one one of the other things I like is that um, it seems like he was in the school too. Like his little greenhouse building was like directly attached to the school where he was selling weed. Because when they were in the original gymnasium, like mm-hmm. he was like the greenhouse was just right next to the gymnasium, which was so weird. I don't know if it was meant to be like that, but maybe I didn't. I didn't notice that. Um, that's what I got at least that's what I thought it was I did think out of all the men in this movie Sam is like above and every other and all the guys are equally shitty Mm -hmm. um there's the guy I don't even know his name that um Ginger sleeps with and in the beginning of the movie he he's like you know what like I'm gonna ask out one of the I forgot what what their last name is but one of the whatever sisters everyone's like weird like no and she he's like oh but she's hot he's so gross mm-hmm. and she's like no I don't want to go she's literally like no and then leaves and he calls her a bitch and I'm like really you think you're so attractive she'll go out with you mm-hmm. I don't think so and she gives him um the werewolf disease by having unprotected sex with him <laughs> yeah but he's the one who ends up getting the antidote yeah which is no undeserved mm-hmm. very undeserved, undeserved. yeah um, other quote he said when they're all playing they're very into playing field hockey um they he says him and his friends say run for daddy oh gosh yeah I remember that that was gross it's like the weirdest like one scene when he sees Bridget he was like he says some like trick or treat because when obviously when Ginger turns into a werewolf it's Halloween so very much a Halloween vibe going on he says like some weird thing of like trick or treat like little girl and I was like Oh, so gross. You know who was a really good character in this, though? Their mom. Because their mom's just trying to do the right thing. And she's trying to find the balance between, like, oh, should I talk about becoming a woman and sex and boys, like, to my girls to, like, help them grow up? Or should I just, like, hold off because Bridget told me that I was doing a good job because um, Ginger likes it better when I let her figure it out herself? Yeah, so obviously the parents don't know that Ginger is becoming a werewolf. I do think obviously the mom is very easily manipulated. Yeah. It's like, oh, can you tell me about this? Can you talk about this? I do love that she not only made a cake when Ginger got her period. She's like, it's your favorite cake. You're a woman. Um, She also, like when she, so in the movie, Ginger, as she starts to turn, gets this urge what she thinks is this urge to have sex, but really is this urge to kill. Mm-hmm. And she kills, she starts killing dogs. And she kills this mean girl, Tina's dog, who 
really mean, like says very nasty things to everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh no, to the two sisters. And Tina at one time um, during like field hockey, she like pushes over Bridget. So Ginger like beats the shit out of her. And she comes back that night and is like, you took my dog or something. And it ends up happening that Tina dies. Not necessarily that like they kill her. She slips and like hits her head and they bury her in their like little garden house that they had. And the mom finds the body and she's just kind of like, okay, like it's time for us to leave and be a family. Like you two are not going down. So she's like, I'll burn the house down with your father in it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. I was I like, oh, she's, yeah. she's really a ride or die. Oh yeah. And it was also funny though, because they had found some of her fingers just like lying around on the grass. And I think the father was like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? And they were kind of like, oh, well, it's probably just like another photo. Sh-. The mom was like, oh, it's just another photo shoot. Probably that's what they're doing. Like these aren't real fingers. And she knew because she kept them in a container and she shows them to Bridget and she's like shaking them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah. At the end of the movie, she basically ginger turns into a werewolf and she tries, Bridget tries to give the cure to her, but they have to make a new one because he, she used it on that stupid guy. Mm-hmm. And it's her and Sam. And the whole thing is that in the movie, Ginger gets really jealous of Sam. Even though Sam is like, I am in no way attracted to any of you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see you like that. Like, he's like, I just like hanging out with you. And she gets very jealous and she kind of starts to, like, attack Sam. Even though he's still, even when he does, like, she does this, he's still, like, trying to help her. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but then once Sam dies, the one really gross scene is um, Bridget is then, like, trying to eat him and, like, suck his blood almost to make it seem more normal to Ginger, who is also like the werewolf at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, but she can't do that just because it's so gross and ends up throwing it up, which then causes Ginger to start attacking her again. Yeah. And at this point, once, so they have this whole like Halloween party before this, where Bridget goes to tell Sam like, oh, the antidote worked, we need to make more. And at this point, Ginger's there, jealous of Sam, wants to have sex with him. And he's like, no, he literally like pushes her off. And then Bridget comes and it's, she's just kind of like, you know what? Like we made this pact to die together. So I'll also become a werewolf. And she like slits both of their hands and mixes their blood together. So now she's a werewolf. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the movie, um, you know, instead of giving her the antidote, she actually kills Ginger. And so the idea, I guess, is, like, she has the antidote for herself, but you're not really sure. Yeah, I, that's the one thing, because I feel like the way they show that death, it was, like, I guess it, she, Bridget did stab her, mm-hmm. the, the knife she had, but I didn't think she was going to do that at all. That really threw me off, because they Same, were such yeah. ride or die in the beginning, they where really I thought are. it could have been so easy for, like, to get her in a position where give her the antidote and then once she does that they can just go make more antidote because it took so long for her to actually get to that point of being so out of control um in the werewolf state she was in yeah exactly and she has like the antidote in one hand and the knife in the other and then you don't know which one she chooses until they have like a close-up they also had the fake out with sam 
So they go back to the house to to do the antidote while Ginger's like literally trying to kill them. And he's like, you know what? I'll go out and distract her and you'll um, inject her. So he go, they're in like this little closet. They go out and you hear like this scream and you're like, oh no, mm-hmm. Sam's dead. And then you see him in the blood and he's alive. And then once Bridget like, you know, throws up, she's like, you know what? This is, and like Sam sees Bridget like mm-hmm. eating his blood, which was the grossest part. And then as soon as she throws up, Ginger's like, oops, now he's going to die. <laughs> so I was like sad. I was like, oh, Sam's alive. Like maybe he lives. And then he doesn't. I know. And what do you think Bridget even did after this? Like, if they were, they did make a sequel for this. They made a I, lot of these movies. Yeah, they made they a lot like of four of them. Um, I like read what happened, but I want to mm-hmm. spoil it for anyone. I don't think it's as as good as this mm-hmm. one. I think this one was such a a moment. Like the costumes and the the styling in this movie is really well done. Like they're very like the way they're styled. Like they wear a lot of oversized clothing, very nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also there's like this whole idea because when they kill Tina, Ginger was like, "Oh, no one's ever going to suspect us because women are just they're either sluts or they're um, other they're you know they're pure. They can't be murderers." And I was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> "I was like, girl, you are a murderer." <laughs> Stop trying to make points right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a good movie though, and I'm surprised I haven't heard of it before this point because it is a, like a very good Halloween movie. Has that really good yeah. Halloween dance scene? Yeah, I agree. And very gory. I feel like yeah. this one out of all the movies we've seen, like I was most freaked out by the tail that she had in this movie that really freaked me out because you see it kind of as it grew so Mm -hmm. at one point she kind of goes to check her sister sleeping and you see like a little snub that like moves and obviously gets longer and I was like that was really gross like the sister transforming was like a really obviously I think that was the point the really gross kind of you know she tries to cut off her tail at some point um my favorite part of this entire movie was when um Bridget is like smoking in the back of Sam's car and not Bridget Singer is and Bridget comes and I guess you know they're taught like, you know just kind of she had to like get her out of the car and Sam comes and Sam is just like oh do you know what like like lycanthrope is and that was, he thought, like, oh, Bridget's not going to know what this word means. Therefore, no one will know I'm talking about <laughs> werewolf. She's like, do you mean, like, werewolf? And then he's, like, so, he's like, I have to go talk to this girl. And I was like, that was his way to avoid the subject, was to just say, like, a more professional, more, like, um, a better word for it. Mm-hmm. That's why I like the Latin root, isn't it? Yeah. It's got to be something like that. <laughs> but, yeah. Overall, I highly recommend. It's a a really good movie. Out of all the movies we've seen, like, if all the werewolves had to go at each other, like, who do you think would win? If it was, like, a Hunger Games situation with all the werewolves. Okay, first, I think the wolf from Wolf of Snow Hollow did. He's a guy. They're gonna eat him. Like, that's obvious. I don't know. Um, I kind of, I think, I think the most... I feel like Ginger has a pretty good fighting chance. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Wolf Guy has a fighting fighting chance. He really knows. He's very, you know, he's a very skilled fighter. 
and he's invincible on the 15th day of the lunar cycle. That's true. Yeah. See, I was even going towards either the wolf from Red Riding Hood because Mm -hmm. you kind of have that ability where you're kind of cognizant, but also in a wolf's body. That's true. But I kind of feel like the werewolves in Ginger Snaps had just more brute strength. I agree. Like they seem the most vicious. I think, yeah, I do agree. I think if we're doing those two wolves, Ginger Snaps would win. Mm -hmm. Really what I want to see though is let's have a spinoff of um, Father Solomon trying to kill all of these werewolves at once from each of the different movies. Yeah. (laughs) He He would be so confused in Ginger Snaps. You, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's like crazy. Doing things? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. You would be very confused. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of the end of our episode. Follow us on Twitter. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Letterboxd. And um, thanks for listening and have a happy Halloween. Yeah, have a spooky Halloween. Bye. Bye.